listening to India Chalo, a podcast where travelers relive their journeys across India, from the imaginary orchards and the majestic glaciers, the glittering Konkan coast and the Western Ghats, and everything that comes in between. The India Chalo podcast is here to uncover it all for you and give you, our listeners, a sneak peek into what India has to offer for your next trip. Stay tuned. Hello everyone, namaste and welcome to a brand new episode of the India Chalo podcast. I am your host Rohan. I am super excited to host you all for this episode because my guest for this episode and I will be diving into a destination where plans often go to get cancelled. If you've already guessed it, you know that it's happened to you in some way or fashion. In your friend circle, you make plans but you end up not going. You guessed it, right? I'm talking about Goa. But we explored a very offbeat side of Goa in this episode beyond what is traditionally thought of and known of Goa. We'll be exploring South Goa a bit more and learn more about Latin quarters, the different cafes, the different walks you can take and so much more. And my guest today for this episode is Achala Bhatt. Achala is a talent development professional and keynote speaker by both passion and work. She started solo traveling back in 2016 and hasn't stopped since. Uh, if you could define her word life in three words, it would be travel, poetry and fitness. And I had a great time discussing Goa with Achala. And I'm sure your next plan will work out with all the suggestions in mind and exploring the offbeat side of Goa. So without further ado, I present to you Achala Bhatt. Hello everyone, I am here with uh, Achla. Achla, welcome so, uh, welcome to the India Chalo podcast. I'm super excited to have you here and I'm so glad that we're finally doing this. Absolutely, likewise and uh, been a huge fan of your podcast and what the intent stands for really. So I was looking forward to this as well. Absolutely, and I, I have been following your page Achla for quite some time so it's great yeah. to have you and uh, learn from your experiences as well. So before we dive into the trip and talking about uh, what we are here today for, I usually ask my guests for an intro, but I want to do something different today. I want to ask you mm-hmm. what inspires you generally in life? That's question number one. Question number two is what got you into traveling and where did that bug start initially? So tell us about these two things for the audience. Sure, sure. Uh I'll, I'll pick the second question first because I, I'll borrow time to think through or uh, to answer the first question maybe. Uh, what started, what got me into traveling and this story dates back to April 2016 when I was just done with my MBA. Now, after every MBA or curriculum and for those of uh, who have been through that uh, process of two years of rigorous MBA would understand that Everyone plans a trip. Everyone plans a very long trip to an exotic location with a bunch of people uh, and so on. Grand plans uh, which people make on traveling after their MBA. And so did I. I was intending to go uh, uh, abroad at, at a particular country with, with some of my friends uh, from my B school itself. But uh, fortunately or unfortunately, all of them ditched me. Nobody went nowhere. So that plan didn't materialize. Uh, but I at the same time, I was I was looking to go somewhere because I really wanted to travel and celebrate sort of that milestone in my journey of completing MBA, which I wanted to do. So then uh, my question to myself was, then why not go solo? 
might as well go solo uh, solo might might as well uh, you know make that plan successful with or without people and that's how i started solo traveling at that point of time it was more of i have no other option but i need to do it but then i started liking it a lot and also i got a lot of confidence uh, from my first solo travel itself because it was singapore so uh, and that was also my first time stepping out of the country and also the first solo travel which i could do completely by my own and also have a good time that gave me a lot of confidence that hey i can do it hey i if if i can do it abroad you know actually go through those immigration checks and everything um and travel singapore all by myself without a travel agent i could do that in india as well or even anywhere else in the world so that's how the travel bug started and uh, the agenda behind every travel for me is always looking for places that add value looking for places that have a lot of things to offer to explore beat people cuisines or the local uh, art or anything that the place has to offer so that's that's the second uh, that's the answer to the second question and coming to the first question what inspires me the most is um, stories of uh, people who would have exhibited grit or courage in something which uh, the the primary source for that always have been uh, by parents who actually built everything for themselves from scratch and make that comfortable lifestyle for us also available so uh, it, it started from my parents some professors i uh, i was fortunate enough to uh, study from have been my inspirations so this the list is really on and on but i think the common thread that i see between people who inspire me has always been uh, people who have shown grit and courage after something did not work out for them so that those kind of stories and those kind of people are the ones who inspire me wonderful thanks so much ashla and i could so relate to your travel story when you started back in 2016 because my initial journey started off the same way because uh, no one was willing to compromise on the trip and that made me travel solo to the uk but that's a story for another time wow. but i couldn't relate <laughs> to that so much uh, so tell us achla where are we heading to today and which place are we talking about in this episode right and uh, i picked this place up and before i name the place i picked this place up because i felt a lot of people just have a very singular view about this place though everyone knows about it but people don't really know about it and uh, the place is goa wow and it's something uh, again there is nobody across india who does not know about that place but i felt that there's a lot more that the place offers just than a very singular viewpoint which which uh, most people in india have and in fact even i had at a point of time before i went there uh, solo for one of my birthdays in 2017 and uh, it was a very ad hoc plan at that point of time i was working in mangalore so to go to goa from mangalore there's a very very beautiful route via train konkan railways that uh, anyone can take and for those who have traveled to konkan railways ever know what it stands for it's dropped at gorges that entire route so uh, that's how i it started i was planning to celebrate my birthday in a grand way somehow and that's what i do every year but uh, that year somewhere the urge to have a offbeat birthday was was much higher due to various reasons and uh, i uh, as the popular quote goes that goa plans always get cancelled so yeah. i did not ask anyone else to accompany me i went solo a good friend joined me for one day over there but uh, 
otherwise it was completely solo in fact on the day of my birthday i i roamed completely alone and uh, goa for me has been a very different dimension than the one which people usually opt to explore so that's where we'll be going today fabulous fabulous and as you said we usually relate to goa as being uh, you know a party destination you go to north goa set up camp with a few friends and uh you know explore or stay in north goa but i am excited to take this further and explore the unexplored of goa as you say so uh what time of the year did you visit achla and what was the weather like when you went there i visited on my birthday which happens to be september 28th which means that it is the rainy season and uh, one season where nobody recommends to visit goa so for those of you who are listening who are from the uh, western ghats who are native to western ghats are aware that uh, for every rainy season the first two days and the last two days of the season are the heaviest uh, experience the heaviest rainfalls and uh, this happened to be the close of rainy season the, the latter part of it and it was raining cats and dogs and uh, so it was an off season uh, in always not many shops were open just the popular ones uh, but then my agenda was entirely different as well so it didn't affect much but that was the season an off season a rainy season when i visited goa wonderful and normally people say that uh, you shouldn't visit in off season because it hampers your ability to go to many places by yourself or in the rains was that the case for you as well or were you able to navigate your way around goa uh, with ease very uh, relevant question and in fact uh, i got a bit of a story over here to share so uh, while i did choose an off season to visit there out of the various reason the uh, evident reasons like possibly you'll get accommodation at a lower rate and uh, some of the shacks might also offer uh, a little subsidized rate but um, more than that going in rainy in the peak of rainy season so even rainy season it's not heavy throughout uh, the rainy season there are some of those uh, phases where where it does rain very heavily and i happened to be unfortunately in one of those so on the day of my birthday i wanted to experience the sunset at uh, arambol beach and um, where i was staying was uh, near anjuna so it makes up for some distance to drive through arambol now obviously i was very close to both anjuna and vagator beach just for 5 kilometers but the adventurous person in me and that too because it was uh, quote unquote my birthday i wanted to do something adventurous and i started off my bike or uh, you know traveling to arambol and it rained so heavily so heavily oh. that i wasn't even 25% of the route done and i just had to drop my plans because it was no way i could have driven that far that was first time because i was not aware of the route uh, at that point of time as well so i took a turn and i went to ashwem or morjim beach i thought of going there and Uh, my logic was just that okay it's it's still a beach it it may not be as beautiful as arambol but it's still a beach and i could catch a sunset but i couldn't even reach ashwem it was raining that heavily so all i could do was uh, just wait by a shop on way to ashwem beach and then come back uh, to my homestay completely drenched and uh, just wait for the night party that i had uh, 
uh, whatever plans I had for the birthday night. But uh, yes, it did hamper my plans, uh, what I was trying to uh, suggest. But uh, that also added to a very memorable story, which I could share now. So looking back, I don't regret. But yes, uh, uh, had it been a normal season, maybe I could have made it to Arambol or Ashwim or Morjim and catch that sunset. I understood. Got it. Got it. But uh, as you said, there are many benefits also to visiting in the off-season, which means less tourists, less better prices and so on and so forth. So I think uh, yes, definitely worth a visit that time as well. So Chal, let's walk through your itinerary starting from, uh, you mentioned you took the Konkan Rails. So tell us how much time did it take for the train to reach from Mangalore to Goa and uh, how much did it cost you? And after that, let's walk through the itinerary, maybe two or three days uh, of Goa and what travelers could do there. Sure. And uh, a while, of course, uh, the other times when I went to Goa, I have got, uh, I have taken a flight to uh, visit Goa because right now I'm based out of Bangalore. And at that point of time, I had the luxury to opt for Konkan Railways, quite luckily. So uh, it's a, a, one of the popular trains is, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the express. I think it's Netravati Express, which is uh, from Thane to Trivandrum. Okay. And which means it actually covers the entire stretch of Western Ghats right from Trivandrum till Thane. And uh, one of the most sought-after trains, uh, I boarded the same train at 11 in the night in Mangalore. And... uh, I was supposed to get down at uh, Thivim railway station. So there are two railway stations, two main railway stations rather in Goa, one in the north and one in the south Goa, that's Thivim and Madgaon. So uh, early morning, 7.45. So I boarded the train at night 11 and I reached Thivim at 7.45-ish. And uh, Thivim is a railway station which is closest to any of these commercial areas of North Goa, which is if you're traveling via rail, to Goa, Thibim should be the railway uh, station that you should be getting down at. So uh, that was the uh, that was a travel route that I had taken. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I think there was a later part of the question also. Yes, so let's walk through the itinerary after you reach Goa. Uh, let's walk through maybe two or three uh, days of what travelers could do there. Sure. Uh, as I answer this, I think... Uh, I also want to touch upon the way uh, my itinerary usually looks like whenever I visit Goa, which is a little different from the conventional itinerary a lot of uh, people who visit Goa follow as well. So mine is a, a, I try to visit as many cafes and exotic cafes or even restaurants as much as possible. I'm not a foodie, but uh, it's to explore those various cafes and restaurants uh, every time when I go there, because every time I see uh, new options and then, of course, visiting a beach, if possible, uh, catch uh, a sunset from one of the uh, places which I'll walk through as I speak through the itinerary. So that's typically what my itinerary looks like. And of course, one of the experiences which I try to add, either visiting one of the lesser known islands or uh, taking a tour of uh, some of the destinations which I will just walk through, uh, which I will just touch upon as I speak. So my itinerary is a little different. So just adding that disclaimer over here, but uh, Usually my itinerary stands for about two to three days. Three days would be very good uh, where, where you know, you could cover a lot of places. You could cover a lot of beaches and uh, a lot more things into itinerary. Two days should also be decent, which is just the weekend. But uh, a recommendation would be two nights, uh, which is three days, is something which uh, anyone visiting Goa could 
could opt for, especially for speaking for North Goa. Okay. So when I visit, I uh, traditionally look for any of the good brunch places, and there are many in the uh, Anjuna Vagator stretch. Uh, if you and many, what I mean by many is you would also get options. If someone likes continental and uh, or, or Asian, or or even if you just want to eat junk, or even if you want to eat healthy, which happens to be my cater of uh, of food that I prefer for, so usually it's reach in the morning because if it's a via flight, it would have been an early morning flight or train. Right. It would be an overnight train, so to catch up on that sleep and hit brunch, followed by sunset point, any of the beaches. So. In the order of preference, I would suggest uh, Anjuna Vakator, Ashwin Morjim, and uh, another one, Mandri, which is in the same stretch where Ashwin and Morjim are situated. So uh, sunset at either of these uh, beaches and followed by the sunset, I usually visit one of the places which is commercially popular, say Curly's or Shiva's or Purple Martini or uh, Pisco by the Beach. So these are commercial names which people would have heard of. And the reason for picking them is not for the commercial aspect of it, but because most of them have very good sundowner view. Most of these places which I mentioned are uh, on the cliff, which means that you get, you do get a great sunset view as well as uh, a good dinner, a good uh, candlelight dinner uh, possible. Okay. So it adds to the ambience. So followed by, so this happens to be the first day whenever I would visit. Second day is something I reserve for the experiential tours that I can take at Goa. And this is something I came across in the last year or so. Uh, I regret not doing that in my much earlier visits to Goa, but this is something I've started since the last two years. When I came across uh, this, this company known as Soul Traveling, which facilitates a lot of experiential tour, guided tours in, in Goa. Uh, the last visit, I took a Latin Quarter walk, which is the Fountain House region in Panjim. And I was mind blown by the history of the place and something which none of us ever, ever, ever knew. Panjim has just been the casino point or the uh, or maybe just some city which passes through when you're going from the airport to Anjuna. But there was so much more to the place and I was so flabbergasted when I learned the history of the place. So second days for some of those experiential tours uh, while soul traveling happens to be the most popular one of them but I do understand that a lot of other establishments as well which you can find on white or app which offer uh, experiential tours so this covers the entire second day by the time the experiential tours are over it it, it is almost evening or late evening which which means the dinner time so second day is always fine dining for me it need not be a place by the beach but some fine dining place which which carry their own different ambience than any fine dining place at a Mumbai or a Bangalore or a Delhi which all of us frequently visit. So these are two days covered. When I'm traveling for the third day, the third day again is any of the newly opened exotic cafes or restaurants that uh, would be there. I visit them and I make it a point to wake up as early as I can so that I get to visit those places and experience them with uh, at its best, you know, with with lesser people when lesser people have come in for the breakfast. So largely, this is the itinerary that I follow, which I have also felt is uh, is something which gives you that achievement oriented feeling because uh, you end up covering a lot of places. Wonderful, wonderful. So I think that's why we've covered a lot in terms of sunset points, beaches, cafes, and experiential uh, experiential travel in Goa, which is something that's 
typically unheard of when people think of Goa. So I think that's it's great that you covered that and learned a lot about the culture. But talk to us more about how you travel from one place to another. So there's a scooty which is uh, very popular in Goa. You hire a scooty and then that you go there. But did you follow any other transportation options within Goa? Tell us more about that. Great. And uh, yes, it's it's always the two wheelers that uh, I do opt for. However, uh, even four wheelers, uh, you do get four wheelers on rent and that's something one can explore. But somewhere I would incline towards a two wheeler because uh, two of the instances I happened to hit Goa at the extreme peak of rainy season, which I was mentioning that, you know, that's at the beginning of the rainy season at, at the end. And uh, I am not exaggerating. I saw so many cars just just dumped by the side of the road because it stopped working, yeah. uh, which in case of a two-wheeler is a little easier to manage. Yeah. And, and also the state of roads, which are not very great in Goa for whatever reasons. Uh, uh, most of us assume that it's the heavy rains. You know, the, the more you repair the road, it again goes back to its damaged state after the rainy season. So two-wheelers is something I usually prefer. And... Uh, I think the next question that would pop up in anyone's mind is when it's raining that heavily, how can one drive a two-wheeler because you'll get drenched? So as a solution to that, uh, many of the supermarkets and especially uh, at Anjuna, a lot of uh, supermarket stores offer raincoats and, and these raincoats are nothing like any of the raincoats which uh, people in urban areas uh, or metro cities would use. I was so impressed by that raincoat, like literally nothing, not even rain or sunlight or anything can penetrate through that. Those thick raincoats that you get and they also uh, protect you very well. I happen to bring that one for myself and with that raincoat, it's easy to drive, really. Uh, You don't even realize it's raining. It's, it's that good. So I always keep those raincoats handy whenever I travel, um, especially during the rainy season. Uh, and uh, that solves it completely. So while it is a little difficult, but uh, I would encourage everyone to at least have that experience once uh, of, of driving through those rains and uh, experiencing it for themselves. And uh, as I'm speaking, I think this June when I was there, it was that time of peak heavy rain, heavy rains. And uh, I thought I was an odd man out for wearing uh, as thick a raincoat but then when I was uh, when I was driving I saw so many people wearing the same raincoat you know ditto same company and the same amount of thickness and everyone walking on the street and laughing and having a good time though it was raining so heavily so I think uh, it stands for the spirit that you have of you know exploring that place and respecting for what it is yes it can get difficult in heavy rains but hey, that's the point. That's what you're there to experience than staying in the comfort zone of of your own flats and apartments where you stay. So two-wheeler, to answer long story short, I think two-wheelers is is the best mode of transport. Wonderful, wonderful. And that's such a great story about raincoats. And that is something that I think we should all experience when we're going to Goa. So Ajay, tell us more about where you stayed in Goa. Do you typically stay in hostels or do you take an apartment in Goa? Tell us about your living uh, option there. So all the times I've stayed in Goa, it's it's been uh, at a homestay and Airbnb uh, offers a lot of good homestays in Goa. In fact, one will be spoiled for choices 
whenever they're looking for an accommodation uh, uh, in that stretch, Anjanavagatoraskaun stretch. Uh, however, there's one homestay which uh, I would categorically like to call out because because of its proximity to commercial areas and also the quality of the homestay and the service that it provides. It's known as Xavier's Homestay and uh, it's just 200 meters from Curly's and uh, Shiva Valley. And uh, not just that, I think uh, the entire vibe of that place, uh, the ambience of that place, it it adds to the Goa feels of it, the homestay feels of it. You truly feel that you're away from everything that you left back at where you stay, be it work or uh, be it that, the, the regular life that you're leading. So it's usually homestays, rather all the times I've stayed in homestays, which I've picked through Airbnb. And uh, the one, point that I definitely look at while zeroing down upon a homestay is uh, the reviews that a particular homestay gets and of course its proximity to any of the commercial areas. Right, right. Absolutely. And we'll link this name in the show notes for this episode for anyone looking to uh, check it out or explore further. So uh, Achla, tell us more about you talked about some experiences in the range with the people there but tell us more about any particular experience that stood out to you uh, when interacting with the people in Goa, is anything peculiar, anything uh, particular about Goa that you won't find anywhere else? Lovely. And uh, I think this is uh, this is a question which uh, makes every uh, place uh, unique in its own way. That's the people or what you experience over there locally. I would like to pick uh, my recent visit itself because that memory is fresh in my mind. So I had taken a Latin Quarter walk or the Fountain House uh, tour this time when I visited in June and uh, uh, I had a tour. So I was the only person quite unfortunately on that particular day because it was raining very, very, very heavily. And uh, for some reasons, uh, uh, the other people who had enrolled for the same tour did not turn up. And I happened to be the only person at that tour. And my guide was uh, this very amazing lady known as Adolfina. And we connected over many shared interests, that is rescuing of animals or music. Her husband happens to be a professional musician. So we, we spoke at length about all those things. Things. However, what stood out absolutely for me on that particular tour is uh, so there is a lane during uh, in this particular walk where uh, we get to pray to Saint Anthony, who's uh, one of the most revered saints in Goa, re- equally revered by all religions alike. And uh, what I understood was uh, when Saint Anthony's festival happens, uh, people f- across religions gather together at that particular lane and they pray for the goodwill of themselves and or their loved ones and. That was something uh, uh, which people may not always uh, speak of as loudly saying, hey, we are being secular, this and that. But but uh, that story moved me that uh, the true secularism or true uh, inclusion is something which which is never put out on social media or, or spoken out with big loudspeakers. It's something people live by very, very much to the core of it. So uh, followed by uh, 
uh, and I was oblivious to this tradition, so I didn't know how to pray. And uh, Adolfina, who was my guide, she prayed for me. At the end of the Fountainhouse Walk, there was a church that uh, we were just passing by and the prayers were just closing. And even when we were passing by that church, uh, uh, she she said that she would pray for me and I could just hold the umbrella and stand outside in comfort. So that's something which made me feel very special. It's uh, it's it's usually our parents, I think, or, or very close friends who pray for us. But here was a tour guide who possibly uh, knew me for just the last two hours and she was ready to pray for me and uh, it also we also visited one of the ancestral houses uh, at Latin Porto where the people uh, who were residing at that ancestral house were very very hospitable they were kind enough to show us uh, most of the antics at their place which I do understand need to be handled with care and caution but they were kind enough to let me uh, to, to explain it to me in its entirety and also uh, the backstory of those antique pieces. So I think that hospitality, the amount of trust that these people had in a complete stranger, a complete stranger tourist like me was something which moved me a lot. And uh, the experience was just, just really amazing. I was considering myself very lucky to have uh, been the only tourist that day in that walk because I took that risk of going to the tour despite of the heavy rains which I think possibly everyone else did not want it to take it and I think uh, while parting ways you know once the tour was over and she was walking me uh, uh, to the cab that I had booked uh, we went to Joseph Bar and for I think most of uh, the people who, who would have visited Panji Maraway so Joseph Bar happens to be a one a hundred plus year uh, your old uh, bar and uh, there's very very minimal space to sit over there one of the dingiest uh, dingy for lack of better words but uh, it's very congested very very popular and uh, you get very good local cocktails over there at uh, uh, at, at no price at all. So we both went there and uh, had one of the popular local drinks, uh, which that place was famous for as well. So I think that entire experience quite moved me. I did not feel like I was a stranger tourist. I just felt like a family member who's just coming back home. Wonderful. That's such a good experience. Thanks for sharing, Achla. And I think that's a day in itself in Goa to cherish and... Uh, and you know, recollect further. So thank you for that. Uh, now, Achala, you talked about three days in Goa, starting from Mangalore. And uh, tell us more about the budget that you followed typically for Goa, because a lot of our listeners will be budget travelers. So just keeping everything in mind, how much should a budget traveler set aside for a trip to Goa, let's say over the weekend or for three days? Sure. Uh, I, I might possibly able to do very uh, a justice of say about 70 to 80% in answering that question because somewhere I, I'm a very poor budget traveler, though my intent is to make budget travel, but but somewhere uh, somewhere it does slip through the cracks and uh, it, it, it does not incline more on that. However, what I would highly recommend, uh, in some, some ways through which uh, one can save on the budget definitely is uh, uh, taking a train to Goa and not the flights, the experience is truly, truly worth much more than the money that you would pay to the train ticket, which is in itself very much cheaper than the flight rates, of course. And uh, accommodation, I do understand you get a lot of variety of homestays, uh, but uh, starting from 1,500, a decent homestay will also add to the local experience 
in that range, you'll see a lot of super hosts on Airbnb who will be offering their stays at either 1.5K or 2K per night. Uh, and while this does not sound like a budget accommodation per se, but I, I think some of these places do deserve that amount as well. And I, whenever I've picked, I've never regretted paying as much, but definitely not beyond that 1.5 or 2K per night for accommodation. And uh, another thing uh, which... which uh, which travelers could follow to ensure it's a budget travel is uh, to pick place to cut down on the uh, to cut down possibly on the fine dining part that I was mentioning and look more towards more authentic flavors or authentic outlets. Yeah. Uh, by authentic, I mean something different. It it need not necessarily be the usual food that we'd say continental or Spanish. You know, sacrificing more on that and looking at more uh, local flavors, uh, the Goan local flavors, a lot of outlets in, in that range also. So somewhere that exploration can ensure that it's a budget travel. Got it, got it. That's very helpful. Uh, Achla, now this is a very quick rapid fire round for you. Uh, what would you prefer, beaches or mountains? Beaches, hands down. <laughs> what would you eat between a dosa and a kulcha? Dosa. Okay. And what do you like to explore more, cities or countryside? Countryside. Wonderful. And final question, Achla, for you is, we talked about a lot of places and a lot of experiences, but if you had to list the top three experiences that uh, I and all our listeners shouldn't miss in Goa, what would the top three be of your mind? Sure. I would... Uh because we just spoke about that, do take a guided tour of the Fountain House. And I won't narrate the backstory of it because I would like the travelers to experience that backstory for themselves. It's very, very, very inspirational. The second uh, experience that I would definitely recommend is uh, visiting Divar Islands. I could not do much justice to Divar Islands, but I think it's it's a experience that everyone would cherish. And Soul Traveling does offer that as much as some of the other experiential tours do for the third experience uh, that I would recommend is uh, uh, any of the forts, again, a guided tour. Uh, there are, it, it's, I think most of us are just aware of Fort Aguada and Chapura, and while they are also great in themselves, but a guided visit to them and not just from a commercial point of view of just visiting the Dilchata point uh, would also something I would like to recommend. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, Achala, 20th September is coming up. So where are you headed this year for your grand vacation? Uh, that's a very tricky question, possibly. Uh, too many options on the uh, on the line, and I'm uh, because I still do have time. Uh, yeah. Two to three options that I've listed somewhere. I'll shoot down one of them. And for the records, because we were speaking of Goa, at least three to four of my birthdays have been at Goa. Oh, wow. So by default, most of my close circle always assumes that I would never be in the town. Uh, but I think this time for a change, it would not be beaches. So, and this is just to break a bit, bring a bit of a change because last three, four times I have been in Goa for my birthdays. Okay, interesting. So we'll have to wait and watch where you go. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, final question, Achala. Thanks so much for coming to the India Chalo podcast. And uh, where can travelers reach out to you for follow-up to this or follow your adventures going forward? Are you on any social media or email where uh, travelers can connect with you? Yeah, I, I'm very active on my Instagram page, which I... Uh which I revamped and made it a dedicated Instagram page for uh, for travel blogs as well as poems. And it's at Wanderlust Verses. So Wanderlust, 
and horses, V-E-R-S-E-S. So that would be my Insta handle uh, where I do post all of the recommendations that I just spoke of. Amazing. So we'll link that in the show notes for this episode for anyone who's looking to get in touch with Achla or follow her adventures as well. So uh, thanks so much, Achla, for coming on the India Chalo podcast. It was fabulous to talk to you about Goa and learning more about beyond the typical Goa that we normally hear of. So thank you for sharing experiences. And uh, I look forward to having you again sometime after your next trip and sharing those experiences as well. Absolutely. Really loved uh, this conversation. And I hope uh, we do see more and more travelers looking at that unexplored side of Goa. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Ashla. Great to see you and hope to see you again. Thank you. If you enjoyed my conversation with Achila, do let us know. We are on Instagram at India Chalo. And we love talking travel all day, all night. So send us a message, tag us in your Goa stories and share your feedback on what you thought of the episode. It really means a lot to us and we love listening to different experiences from travelers around the world about how they explored one same city in different formats. So we would love to hear from you. If you are listening to this episode on Spotify, It would really mean a lot to us if you could rate our podcast. It helps us reach a wider audience base and learn more about different experiences, but also share uh, diverse experiences with the world. And that is our mission for the Indachula podcast. I look forward to seeing you for the rest of the episodes of season two in the coming months and look forward to learning more about your experiences as well. So see you soon for the next episode of the India Chalo Podcast.